0: Hey, everybody, it's Eric Tornberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Venture Stories by Village Global. I'm here today with a very special guest, Karthik Puvada, also known as KP, who has just joined On Deck to be the program director of the just announced On Deck No Code Fellowship. KP, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Eric. You know, I really, really appreciate the, getting the honor to be on the podcast, but also to you know work for On Deck and take this no code mission forward. So
0: uh, let, let's uh, let's get into it. What is the On Deck No Code uh, Fellowship, and uh, what it's uh, you know tell us the story of, of how it came to be, and and what what, what its goals are.
1: So. You know, as you can attest, Ondex's larger goal is is uh 10xing the number of founders in the world, right? And creating that massive impact that can be unlocked by building companies. In a similar vein, no code fellowships goal is 10xing the number of no code builders in the world. And I view this as a step before being a founder. Because as a founder, you're thinking about you know, go-to-market strategies, you're thinking about like, you know, pitching VCs, you're thinking about scaling team hiring, all those other components that come into play. But no good Fellowship is really like the step before that, where if you're a non-technical founder, or if you are a creative person, or if you're a product person, like I used to be a product guy, but you never really shipped anything, or you never really like have anything to show to uh, anybody, this is the place to be. And we're trying to attract world's like top tech talent who are... Like curious about building things, so the tinkerers, the builders, you know. So this is the bad call for bad signal for all of them.
0: Totally, I, I love it. T- talk a little bit about your journey and how you got into into no code, and then we can we can segue into h- how no code has evolved uh, as as a movement.
1: Sure. So I for for the longest time I had been taking corporate jobs and I had been on uh, product teams. You know, I was on the NBA mobile app, you know, the official NBA team and, you know, but they're all like big product teams. They're not startups. I always viewed myself as the idea guy, right? I didn't know how to code, but I knew enough to sort of communicate with developers and testers and, you know, work in tech teams. But the challenge was like, so my notion doc of like ideas that I want to ship kept growing and growing and growing over time. And I was getting very restless and frustrated watching everybody else basically take shots on their dreams and bring their ideas to life. And to me, the biggest barrier was code or, or capital or like getting a technical co-founder. And all of these like are daunting if you think about it. So I took a step back in October, 2018, and I decided uh, this is actually right after me finishing the book uh, called Atomic Habits, as you may have heard of it. And I was like, it talks about owning a new identity and embracing an identity and habits. And I said, the first thing I wanted to do was I want to change this uh, notion of being an idea guy. I want to be a maker. I want to be a builder. And there's so much gravity about that because it forces you to act immediately. And I did that. And then I built like a bunch of habits through the day where every day I would like, you know, wake up and like start exploring no-code things, you know, like bubble, Webflow, like hard, like what is about this? And October 2018 was almost like the inflection point again for no-code in general as well. So many platforms were taken off and I just, you know, rode the wave and I built a lot of these uh, no-code products in public as side projects. And I built about eight to the eight of them at the end. Towards the end, and luckily, like a month ago, I had, I had a new visa and I was looking for a new job. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna announce on Twitter that I will work at an ambitious startup that believes in these same missions. And you know, as you know, the rest of the story is on Twitter. But OnDeck was the first to jump, and then uh, this particular Unocode fellowship was very inspiring for me. And I decided that yes, this is a place to be if I want to build the next generation of no coders.
0: And and talk broadly about your your philosophy of of, of building public that you've yes. uh, you, you live and embody so well. How did you get inspired by it, and and what does it mean to you?
1: I think a part of that really came from not being in Silicon Valley. Like you know, I think I so I live in Atlanta, and I you know I don't have as many connections and. Uh, you know, a network in, in the Valley or, or in New York City. So my only way to reach out to like uh, ambitious, interesting people was by doing interesting, ambitious things. And the way to do that is actually building public. Because, right, if you build something cool, why don't you talk about it on the internet? You know, just, and so I went to Twitter. Eric, I used to follow you for a long time, you know, and a uh, big fan of all the work you've done. And uh, you're actually, I think, a building public hero in my view too, because you share a lot of your lessons. So what happens over time is content you put out there, compounds and it becomes like the lighthouse, and brings other interesting, smart people into your orbit because they're looking for similar things. So that's what my mantra was about: building public. And you know, not, I mean, I don't, it's not about the numbers. It's not about having like followers or whatever. It's really about you know surrounding yourself with you know interesting and ambitious people. And they'll, the only way they'll come to you or to your profile or to talk to you is, is, is through work. So that's that's about it
0: totally uh and yeah people like ryan hoover and and others have uh have have pioneered it and i'm definitely a you know a a believer let's zoom out and talk a bit about uh just no code itself and as a space how it's evolved how it's emerged and uh and then we can talk about where it's going why don't you trace the the history a little bit in terms of the different phases
1: we have to get very like very uh uh technical about the history here because it's like, you know, as you may know, no code is not brand new. It's been around for a long time. Uh Ryan Hoover likes to joke that it macromedia Dreamweaver is also no code, which is true, right? And and WordPress has been around for a long time. So what has been happening over the last maybe like 30, 40 decades in software engineering is, you know, we've been uh producing systems and platforms that will abstract away uh, a lot of the uh you know, like menial, tedious tasks that you don't have to like literally always type that up or write syntax for little blocks of, you know, code. And that is what the spirit of no code is in my view, is that being smart about being resourceful about like doing 10x creative tasks and not the 1x monotonous in uh, repetitive tasks. So time, I mean, over time, like from, we went from Dreamer Dreamweaver to WordPress to I think, you know, you have to give credit to Webflow. They were like one of the OGs. And, uh, you know, of course, Bubble, and over time, like, it became almost possible to build web apps, you know, not websites, web apps. And, you know, over time, even mobile apps, too, like, you know, Glide does a great job at Dalo, uh, Draftbit is trying the same thing. So it, it's sort of now, I think, we in the phase two, which is like very, very buzzing activity in No Code. so many brilliant, you know, companies trying to offer uh, platforms for non-technical people to almost visually build things. Right. I think there's the next level of uh, abstraction and it's inevitable. <laughs> to me, like the whole debate about code and no code is almost a distraction because that's like, you know, it's impossible. They, you know, you're wasting your time if you're going down the path of that. Instead, I'd rather focus on building and like using whatever tools we got to, you know, unlock creativity. So the next phase, if you will, is I think we're at the cusp, and that's why I'm excited for Ondex Fellowship Program, because now we're going to see a plethora of really, if I will, if you may, like badass products, B2C consumer products, that people can't even tell if it's code or no code. And we are already seeing signs of that. And all it takes now is build bring these amazing builders and like let them hang out with each other and let them basically tinker and build and break and, and they all like discover amazing products themselves. So that's my thesis about this. And and, and talk about what are some of the bottlenecks
0: that you think prevent uh people from even uh getting off the ground or 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 learning or, or and what what are you hoping that the fellowship might might ha- how it might help remove some of those bottlenecks
1: i think uh the education piece is being like you know solved from a long time no code education like you know how to use how to use these you know no code tools you know has been uh worked on for a while for a while now and i think there's so many templates now so many uh, tutorials. And, and videos and programs like MakerPad shout out you know they they do a great job of education, uh, but what I think is still holding back so many of the builders and creators and makers is really this conviction that no code products can go on and and become unicorns can go on and attract you know VC money or or uh, you know early customer success or um, basically be like badass no code product or badass products you know and and that to me. Is a question of just you know infusing, infusing this enthusiasm into the community and not holding them, not holding them to only just templates and clones and like it's to me if you like there's no point in trying to recreate Airbnb. There already is Airbnb, you know? so we don't need to like clone these things. And that's not to me like interesting enough in you no know, code space. What I want, what I'm curious about, what I want to see more of, are like zero one products that were born. By a non-technical founder, when he had an when he or she had an itch and like saw an opening, and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to use No Code to build this quickly and validate it," and then they're like, they turn out to be like amazing products. That's the new angle that I'm looking for is like not just templates. I want like real products. Yeah, and and talk about you know one question
0: people often have around No Code is you know how reliable is it or how scalable is it? Why don't you address some some of the, those concerns and, and questions?
1: Yeah, sure i think that was uh, there was a lot of conversation around that in the beginning you know especially like you no know, code 1.0 days and they were like okay what are we going to do about security what are we going to do about scaling and uh, reliability And i think these platforms have uh, risen to the occasion and like bubble for, ex- for instance, you know like i know of so many uh, apps that are built in bubble uh, mobile uh, web apps like coins for example they're a fintech company. They raised two million dollars almost, and and there was it's, a, it's a completely built on bubble. And so the the security that you get from now the modern no code platforms matches what you get from AWS or Google Cloud solutions. And so it's the same questions people asked about AWS too, Eric. You know, back in the day they were like, oh, AWS. Let's see, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't feel very confident about scalability there. But look where we are today. You know, AWS is Amazon's like biggest growth vehicle. So, in my view, that's where we are, right? We are at the we're at the AWS like from seven years ago moment, and somebody has to play the long game. And I know ondex with me here, and we want we should play the long game and just get get that get over that cusp and um, create a new generation of no code makers.
0: Talk about where the uh, where where the technology is going, or sort of the enabling uh, infrastructure. We're seeing you know, some startups. Build like an entirely on no code. Where do you see the infrastructure going over the, over the next
1: uh, a few years? Over the next few years, I think we're gonna to we're gonna see two two interesting you know f- phenomena. in One lowering the bar even further, right? Because right now there's still like a tiny like a, it's like four inch bar. There's still like a little bit of a, a learning gap in in uh, for a beginner, absolute beginner to no code. There's still like a little bit of a learning uh, curve. I wouldn't say it's not the same as like a coding bootcamp or a coding would require. That's still like six months or three months. This is still maybe like a week or two weeks in no code. So I think in the future, my, my bet is we will see even more beginner friendly uh, yet powerful platforms. Like I want, I'm dying to see the Canva for no code where like anybody, literally anybody, including like my wife or anybody who doesn't know much about tech, you know, she's an educator but she loves Canva. The, that's the level that I want NoCode to go to, where anybody can simply build something cool using Google Sheets or, you know, uh, simple, simple interfaces with the backend and front end. Now, that's one end, the beginner side. Now, at the extreme prosumer side, I see, like, platforms like Bubble pushing the envelope even further. Like, there's already science right now. Like, there's platforms like Clutch, uh, Builder, and DraftBit. And these are basically producing clean React Native code after you finish your visual drag and drop, you know, no code project. So essentially you can just hand it off to a dev team or a dev shop or a developer and say, hey, can you maintain this? And let's scale to like 10,000, you know, customers or whatever. That's possible. So these are two trends that I'm seeing is where, you know, over time, we'll see more and more of that.
0: And say more about how you think venture capitalists should approach to the space in terms of if you were, you know, uh, uh, putting your VC hat on or investor hat on, what what might be your request for startups or your thesis of of what are you know likely big uh, big sort of enabling you know companies beyond beyond what you just said.
1: I think first thing I, I I we have to step back and realize like look this is still early in a way compared to code. Code had massive massive like you know years and decades of advantage over no code. Obviously, right? They've been around longer, so the belief and conviction in code is well, way higher. But we cannot use the same comparison for no code because here really you're unlocking a lot of creative potential that a lot of entrepreneurs are walking around with amazing ideas and they're like one no code MVP away from shipping it or, or uh, unlocking it. That's where as a VC, you know, I think I am bullish on betting on no code ideas uh, especially because the world needs so many more solutions. You know, the world needs so many more ideas to come to life and we, we want more builders, right? And Jason has said that, right? Like we want more builders, And I know OnDeck wants that same thing. Like we need to 10X the number of people who are founders and builders. And no code is the fastest ramp, you know, to get there. So by investing in no code or by sort of enabling no code, you're literally unlocking, you know, so much human potential, you know, and maybe we can accelerate and go to bigger problems in the future, right? Because I feel like, you know, because we're like a lot of the no code makers or let's say like people who had great ideas, but they don't have, you know, developer friends, they don't have capital or, you know, to invest in, you know, dev shops, they're being stifled today and their ideas are being locked up in Notion Docs, right? I think, so I'm very bullish. Next 10 years, we're going to see so many more KPIs, so many more uh, amazing no-code builders and they will take multiple shots at starting companies and that's a good, good sign. A hundred percent. Zooming back in a little
0: bit, for, for people who are just beginning with 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 no-code, there's a, you know, a number of different tools that they, they, can, they could use or, or ways to, to learn. What do you recommend in terms of, getting started
1: Uh, this is a common question i keep uh, getting asked all the time so i actually built a little thing called uh uh, no code cheat sheet so it's on my twitter and i'll pin it in after this interview but right now if you're an absolute beginner you know i would first of all ask what kind of things you're interested in are you interested in mobile apps because if that's the case then you you want to give uh glide a shot glideapps.com And they're very simple. They're powered by Google Sheets. So, you know, it's very, very beginner-friendly. And then there's Adalo, also mobile-friendly. And then there's a Draftbit that's coming up, which is slightly advanced. But on the website, if you're building, like, you know, CMS or e-commerce sites and Webflow is an answer, and you want something more sophistic, something slightly sophisticated, like searchability or showing a bunch of lists of items or, um, you know, something slightly more advanced than something like Airbnb, for example, you want, you know, Bubble. And so between these two, like I think you're pretty much good. And if you want landing pages or simple enough, you know, like wait lists and those kind of things, you have Card. All of these were, all of these are like anybody no code ecosystem will will recognize these. I'm not giving you anything new, but these are like the places that I would go to. Well, how do you feel about? Because especially coming from, again, okay, like I said, again, hanging out with VCs and hanging out with founders. you Know what do, what are you seeing uh, the evolution of no code as Yes.
0: Why well, well, see an accelerator model? And, and Village of Gris is doing it too. Really pioneered is um, in, in the cohort model is accountability and, and group mm. accountability. And every week you had to show up with with what you shipped and right. and how many users you talked to and, and what your what your progress was. Right. And I, I think that and we've seen that with our Founder Fellowship and, and now with our Writer Angel Fellowship. And I'm I'm really excited with No Code to, to introduce a level of accountability that that builders really thrive on. It's sort of like. Right you know why do you you know go to Barry's boot camp or whatever you know it's work, workout right. classes because you see other people who are crushing it and it inspires you and right. you, you signed up to do it you have to do it and right. so uh i'm i'm hoping that this fellowship too can motivate you know people who 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 know that they they want to build but you know haven't been as 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 ruthless uh, as relentless on the um, on their own as, the, as they would like to be and right. then also just be motivated inspired by other people who are doing it at a higher level and, and learn from them as well
1: so what one of the uh things that you know we're introducing as part of uh on deck noco fellowship is this idea of capstone projects right because one of the things that is i think currently challenging in the noco ecosystem is the lack of focus on actually achieving something tangible right i mean a lot of people are like just tinkering with like low-level things and maybe they're building a little like value page or a cool little site project but like they're not like to your point they're not being relentless about something that is like a solid amount of work right and in my view You know, if we sort of have the path laid out and say, here's where you're going to start and here's how everybody else around you in 10 weeks is going to produce a capstone project. What are you going to do now? Right? That sets the force function and that sets the constraint. And we're going to see a lot of people like be much more active and engaged and maybe they can collaborate. That's okay. But at the end of the day, when they walk away, they at least have a capstone project that they can Used to get like you know they can get a job anywhere they can like that's so, so much more powerful to me than a resume, right? So, or or be a founder like they can use that and take turn to an MVP and like, you know basically go raise a pre-seed or something. So yeah,
0: yeah, I, I can't wait for that. Yeah, no, there'll be a lot of great intersection with our other existing uh, existing fellowships for sure. Right, Gibby, well, why don't you say more about uh, just details of the program in terms of you, know, you mentioned the capstone, but what what else can uh, can can people who go through it expect?
1: Sure. So the program is currently, uh, you know, uh, ten week long. It's a cohort, as, as we talked at the beginning. Uh, it's a virtual program, just like any other on deck program, and like there, there's going to be a lot of fun things. We're, we're planning about we're planning a a buildathon uh, that weekend dedicated to um, you know hacking and basically uh, creating no code uh, projects um, nonstop and uh, we're we using like we're thinking about workshops. You know, where you're gonna have like a bubble workshop. You're gonna have like a webflow workshop. Um, you're gonna have like for a very beginner friendly. We're gonna have slightly advanced, all levels, and uh, we have a um, great set of speakers from the Node.js ecosystem coming in and sharing their stories, anecdotes of how they got to where they are now, uh, but also you know technical speakers who will, like you know help you uh, with your uh, technical questions that you may have, and we also have office hours. You get peer-led office hours, so it's you know a lot of the community right now is filled with filled with builders, and we're going to attract more and more no code builders. So you're going to have office hours. If you get stuck with uh, any of these uh, no code platforms, you'll have fo- folks to help you out. So it's very hands on, tangible, and we're going to keep you very busy in ten weeks. But it, it's it's exciting. We want you to walk away, like I said, with this captain project that you're proud of, and so that's that's the plan. The fellowship link will be on the homepage, beyonddeck.com you know, look for no code and you'll find it on the homepage and, uh, you can find me at, uh, this is KP underscore. And, uh, really appreciate, you know, uh, having me here and, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun, Eric. I'm excited. I know you're excited too. So.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, j- just the beginning. Uh, excited to kick it off. KP. This has been a, this has been a great episode.